Good morning, Hood College, coming to you live from the glass-walled studios of Blazer Radio on the third floor of Rosenstock Hall. This is the morning announcements for Monday, April 4th. I'm your host, Tim Jacobson, sitting across from me, once again, the wonderful Angelica Weish, host of, tell us the name of your podcast, Angelica? Somewhere Behind the Mic. Somewhere Behind the Mic. Wonderful podcast. Hope everybody had uh, a good weekend. Just a reminder that there are only six weeks left until final exams. Six weeks. That's a month and two weeks for those of you who want to put it that way. I don't know how many days that is, but maybe we'll do that next time. Angelica, how was your weekend? It was good. How was yours? It was okay. I did a lot of work in the backyard uh, trying to get some stuff done. We got a new patio put in, so I'm trying to do some stuff out there to clean it up and landscape it. Came over here, watched a, a little tennis on Saturday. So that was fun, even though they, uh, well, we'll get into that, but it was good. All right, so let's, uh, let's start the show like we always do with uh, the answer to last week's trivia question. And since... Last Friday was April Fool's Day. We wanted to know if anybody knew when the tradition of playing pranks and tricks on people on the first day of April started. So the answer to that, uh, some historians speculate that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582 uh, when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Um, as called for by the Council of Trent in 1563. In the, Ju- in the Julian calendar, as in the Hindu calendar, the new year began with the spring equinox around April 1st, but people, people were slow to get the news or failed to recognize that the start of the new year had been moved to January 1st and continued to celebrate it during the last week of March and through April 1st. Um, and they became the butt of jokes and hoaxes and were called April Fools. These pranks included having paper fish placed on their backs and being referenced as referenced to as Pozon de Alvarel, um, which means April fish. And it's said to symbolize a young, easily caught fish and a gullible person. Okay. That's just kind of odd. I don't. All right, let's just put fish on people. Mm. We don't do that anymore. We don't. There's no fish involved with April Fools. Mm. But there you go. All the way back to 1582. Thanks, France. Can always be thankful for the French for something. All right. Uh, the sport report. Recapping last week in sports. Big week. Lots going on. Uh, a lot of home games. A lot of things going on. Starting with track and field. Uh, both the men and women were at the Towson Invitational. Um, it's probably our one bright spot for sports this week, unfortunately. Um, Evan Ellington and Jamal Mins were among the top five Division Three competitors in a largely Division One field in the 100-meter dash on the first day of competition. Uh, Mins would follow up his impressive performance in the 100 with a career best time of 22.55 seconds in the 200-meter dash on day two. Uh, That time puts him at second best overall in hood history at that event. 
On the women's side, Tay Zekman threw the hammer at 35.34 meters, uh, which put the sophomore fifth all fifth all-time in school history in the event. She ranked fifth among Division three throwers in the hammer and 26 overall. All right, that's that's pretty good. And for a sophomore, uh, throwing over 35 meters, and again, for the people who don't know, that's 115 feet 11 inches. So she's only going to get better. Uh, sophomore Shayna Hancock ran a personal best in the 400-meter hurdles with a time of one minute, 13.81 second. Uh, she was second among Division three hurdlers and 26th overall. I didn't realize that a lot of these meets, they have Division one, two, II, and three athletes competing at the same time. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Freshman Shayna Mason ran a career best in the 200-meter dash with a time of 27.32 seconds. The time puts her fifth among all all time in Hood College history in the event. Mason was fourth among Division three runners and 39th overall. That's not bad. Uh, and junior Chloe McQuillan uh, jumped 1.5 meters. Uh, that is almost five feet at four feet 11 inches in the high jump. The height was the fourth among all Division three participants and 18th overall. Um, the other 17 jumpers ahead of McQuillan were all from Division I track and field programs. All right, tennis. Uh, women's tennis uh, dropped their first uh, Mac Commonwealth matchup of the season uh, against Alvernia on Saturday. Uh, they lost 6-3. Uh, the number three doubles team of Kim Castellano and Shea uh, Jakubowski uh, won 8-4 over their counterparts, and Castellano uh, would follow up that win with a 6-4, 6-2 decision over Sabrina Heck, uh, or I guess it would be Heck, at the number five singles. Uh, and then Shea um, Jakubowski won her match by forfeit, so that uh, accounts for the three wins. All right, uh, on the men's side, uh, they put up another another big goose egg, um, losing 9-0 to the Golden Wolves. Over to the softball diamond, the women saw their four-game win streak snapped on senior day as Eastern University took both ends of the Mid-Atlantic Conference Commonwealth doubleheader from the Blazers with a score of 7-3 and 5-3. Before the game, Angela Acampora, Kaylin Barthlow, and Brandy Davison were honored for their contributions to the program. Earlier in the week, freshman Joycelyn Pif Piflinger was listed among the, the week's top performances in Division Three by the National Fast Pitch Co Coaches Association for the second week in a row. Baseball had a split of good and bad news during the week. They lost their Mac Commonwealth home opener against Messiah 10-7 on Tuesday. Later, sorry, after a late ninth inning rally by the Falcons, they followed that loss up with another disappointing loss to the Falcons again on Saturday, 8-6 to six, in Gratham, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. But they did win one of two on Saturday against Eastern University. The Blazers took the first game of the doubleheader 4-1, to one, but would go on to drop the game 2 
13 to 12. Yeah, that's that's not a good baseball score when, when you're 13 to 12. <laughs> like, who's pitching? I don't know what happened. But um, hopefully, let's hope that baseball can turn their season around. Mm-hmm. It, they're just starting um, the Mac Commonwealth. All right, on to the big turf fields. Um, women's lacrosse uh, would see a pair of losses over the week. On Wednesday, uh, the women lost their Mac Commonwealth op- opener to Lebanon Valley College, 17-11 to at Thomas Field. And then uh, they fell to Widener on Saturday, 13-7, to um, after a 5-1 third-quarter falter. So uh, Widener in the third quarter scored five goals and had only scored one. Not good. Uh, the men uh, would suffer a similar fate, also falling to Lebanon Valley in that Commonwealth opener, 11-5 to up in Anvil, Pennsylvania. And then they would stumble again at home to Widener, 9-7, after Widener went on a four-goal streak in the third quarter. All right, what's going on this week, Ange, in so sports? So for upcoming games this week, softball is traveling to Widener, today for a doubleheader that starts at 4 p.m. They will then host Lebanon Valley on Saturday the 9th for a doubleheader that starts at 1 p.m. The men and women's lacrosse team will travel to Stevenson University on Wednesday and then take on Alvernia University on Saturday at Thomas Field. Men start the action with a 1 p.m. start. Tennis will be traveling to Stevenson on Tuesday for a 3 p.m. matchup and then will host Eastern University on Saturday at 1 p.m. Baseball is on break until Saturday when they host Lebanon Valley College in Mac, in a Mac play at noon on their home field at Frederick Community College. Golf is also on break until April 20th when they will host the Hood Invite at the PB Tie, sorry, PB Die Golf Course. Yep, that's a big invite or in uh, big uh, big invite for them. All right, uh, around the quad. Um, Everybody should know. Uh, advising period begins today. Go talk to your advisor, set up an appointment, um, and that continues through April 15th. So start thinking about classes, start organizing. Uh, this evening, the Queer Student Union and the Diversity, the Diversity Coalition are hosting More Than Just By Name. That's more than just my name. At 7 p.m. in Whitaker Commons, um, come ready to talk about the change of titles and make your own title thesaurus. That could be interesting. For Tuesday the 5th, grab a donut and some coffee at Military Coffee Hour in Wet. They will be located by the pool table lounge on the second floor from 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Spark will also be having an event, which stands for Spark, which stands for Student-Led Peer Advocacy for Healthy Relationships and Consent, is holding a Teal Tuesday selfie contest. Teal is the cause color for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Raise awareness, show solidarity with survivors and champion prevention by taking a Teal Tuesday selfie. To enter the contest, send your selfie to spark at hood.edu. All entries will be shared on Spark's in- Instagram with the hashtag hashtags Teal Tuesday and hashtag S-A-A-M at Hood. Submissions are due by April 4th at 5 p.m. to spark at hood.edu. Three winners will be selected to win a $20 gift card. The, uh, the announcement and email will be sent out on April 6th. All right. 
Do you, do you own anything teal in color? I actually have one teal shirt at home. There you go. I'm trying to figure out if I have anything teal. I don't think it's meant for me, but I don't know if I have anything. I'm like, do I have anything teal? I don't think so. All right. Um, Wednesday. Um, there's not much happening on campus Wednesday. So when you're not in class, try and get that fall schedule figured out. Figure out your classes. Um, if you're not going to be here in fall, how awesome is that? Because you're going to be graduating. Thursday. What's going on Thursday? So for Thursday the 7th, are you curious about life afterhood, how to manage your loans, what you should look for when you're renting or finding a roommate? What about getting a job? If you are and you and you should be, yes. head to the <laughs> library. Head to the library at 1 p.m. Three local experts in financial aid, renting and careers will answer your questions about handling these complex issues after graduation. Food will be served. In the evening, the Black Student Union will be hosting a liberation event, Am I Black Enough?, at 9 p.m. in WIT, WIT 220. Join for a worship activity and some knowledge about what it means to be black. I like that. The, the, the life after hood, I think that's unbelievably important yeah. to know all that. You know, uh, renter's insurance, what the contract is, budgeting, all of that, I just think— you know, if you can get a handle on that before you graduate, that's great. All right. On Friday, very excited about this. Uh, this is a great event. Hood is hosting their first TEDx Talks, um, 4.30 to 9 p.m. in Hodson Auditorium, uh, two floors right below up, uh, us in Rosenstock Hall. Uh, join us for an evening of thought-provoking talks delivered by Hood College students and affiliates. Tickets are limited. You can only have uh, 100 tickets for a TEDx talk, and I think we've already sold over 50. That's good. So if you want to get a ticket, they're free. Uh, go to Pergola Connect on the Hood website to reserve a seat. Um, there is going to be free food. There'll be some giveaways. There'll be some TEDx t-shirts. But uh, these are pretty cool talks. Um, so uh, I know I will be there because I have to be there. And not just because I have to be there. I'd probably go anyway. All right. What's happening this weekend? So this weekend, on Saturday, the Feminist Student Union will be hosting Channel Your Inner Feminist from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Hodson Auditorium in Rosenstock Hall. They will be making vision boards that show your ideal of feminism. Hmm. Also on Saturday, Hood College will be teaming up with McDaniel College for a day of events for Liberation 2020. There will be a variety of events around campus, including a fashion show by ASU and the Hoodlum Steppers at 5 p.m. in Hood in Hood Hodson Auditorium and Liberation Lounge in Whitaker Commons from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'm not sure what a Liberation Lounge is, but I'm going to assume there's going to be some music and there'll be people getting funky since it's 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's way past. All right, um, downtown, the downtown breakdown. Uh, if you need to get off campus, it's getting nice out, uh, walking distance. The new Spires Arts will be offering The Good Hand, a song and storytelling event on Tuesday. Uh, the Good Hand is Michael Patrick F. Smith. As a musician, Smith has shared the stage with folk luminaries such as Ramblin' Jack Elliott, as well as several prominent indie rock bands. His first book, The Good Hand, a, memor a memoir about working the rigs around North Dakota's uh, bacon oil boom, was released on Viking Press 
a division of Penguin Random House in February 2021. Smith has worked as an actor, a bartender, junk hauler, furniture mover, bookstore clerk, contractor, guitar player, receptionist, event producer, driver, office temp, stagehand, waiter, secretary, security guard, set fabricate, set fabricator, legal assistant, grocer, oil field worker, and writer. The man has done everything. He does it all. Holy cow. Um, tickets are $10. Show starts at 7 p.m. at the Spire Stage um, on West Patrick Street, just off the square corner. On Wednesday, it's an evening with Brian Culbertson at the Weinberg Center uh, over the course over the course of crafting a 20-album catalog and orchestrating more than 30 Billboard number one singles as a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, and producer, Brian Culbertson has charted his own unique course in music. Label him jazz, and he makes a funky record. Call him an R&B artist, and he drops an acoustical jazz trio collection. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. Me neither. Uh, brand him pop, and he creates a 32-minute New Age opus. Okay. And you'll be hard-pressed to name another instrumentalist of his ilk who can mount an elaborately designed concert production that will keep him on the road for three consecutive months. I'm actually very interested. Unfortunately, I'm busy. Uh, tickets start at $35. Showtime is 730 on Saturday, take a stroll around the streets of Frederick on the One Vast Hospital walking tour. Every Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. from April until October, docents from the National Museum of Civil War Medicine will explain how Frederick became One Vast Hospital. Arguably the most trying moment in cities in the city's history came after the Battle of Antietam Antietam in the fall of 1862. The town's population doubled when 8,000 wounded surgers, soldiers excuse me, were delivered by ambulance to makeshift hospitals throughout Frederick. Tickets are $15 and include free admission to the museum. Visit the museum's website history to reserve a spot on the tour if you want to know more about Frederick's medical history. And there you go. Lots of options for things to do this week. I, yeah, um, that's Frederick's history in the Civil War is, uh, I think, a lot more extent than a lot of people think. We, you know, we played a big part, especially after the Battle of Antietam, mm -hmm. the bloodiest battle uh, in the Civil War history. All right, send us out. Let's do the uh, the trivia question, and then uh, and then we'll do some weather. So this week's trivia question: In what country was the first printing press established? See, I thought I knew the answer to this, and you you shook your finger at me and said, "No, no, no." So I thought I knew, but um, I don't now. So if you think you know the answer, send me an email at jacobson at hood.edu with the right answer. Uh, the first person to respond with the correct answer gets a piece of Blazer Radio merchandise. So we have, uh, we have hats, T-shirts, mugs, bags, things like that. All right, give us the weather report, Ange. So for this week, it's looking pretty cloudy. Uh, starting today, however, it's partly cloudy skies this morning. Um, we'll become an overcast during the afternoon with a high of 58 degrees. Um, 
for Tuesday, it'll be 61 degrees with 51% chance of showers. Wednesday, 66 degrees with a 24% of showers, mostly cloudy for the day. Thursday, a 80% chance of rain at 59 degrees. Friday, 61 degrees with a 50% chance of showers. And it looks like it's going to be sunny for the weekend, with Saturday being 55 degrees and partly cloudy. And Sunday, which follows into the next week, will be 54 degrees and partly cloudy. But next week is looking a lot nicer with high 70s. Okay. So we need, I mean, it's April. April showers. Showers bring bring May flowers. There you go. Yeah. We need need some rain. All right. Well, thank you, Angelica. Great job. You did amazing again. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Have a wonderful week. Try and avoid those raindrops. Uh, Remember, uh, make an appointment with your advisor and start mapping out your schedule for the fall semester. Uh, For the morning announcements, this is Tim Jacobson. And Angelica White. We'll see you guys next Monday. Take us home, Shaka Khan.